Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined. By Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling bunged up. I've got a lot of coughs and in you me. you are coffee, my cough face mm, at the moment. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of coughs in this show. I'm just going to warn you, listeners. Sorry, guys. I do try and turn away from the microphone. Mm. But you are, you're all in a post Charlton Doncaster <laughs> second leg world right now. Well, where I, I I do not know. I've got something for you oh, on yeah. that one, mate. Someone actually did email in about Doncaster versus Charlton. Mm. Some advice for you. So I'm going to read that to you now. It says Hi. because because this is we, we're recording this on Friday. Yeah, the match, the big match is tonight. Yep. Yes. yes. So I. So this comes in from Jamie, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, etc. This email is mainly for Ollie, but as he doesn't look at his emails, I thought I'd send it to you. Good call. I'm a Doncaster Rovers season ticket holder, so I marked out when you mentioned my local team on the podcast. We will crush you, Doncaster! I thought I would email and give Ollie some information about the state of the tie heading into the second leg. This is good. Tell her to take me. Uh, The first leg was on Sunday, and the atmosphere was fantastic. However, we lost 2-1, so that's good for you. I'm aware, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The first goal... Good, Good for the... Good for Lenin's Red Army. Yeah, and you can have this chat when you're in the sort of pub beforehand, so remember this. What, just tell them the scores that they already know? No, wait. The first goal was offside, as shown on the replays after the game, but the linesman didn't keep up up with play, so he missed it. Who scored first, though? Doncaster or Charlton? the first goal. I imagine it would be the team that isn't his. Yeah, so maybe it's Charlton. he's pointing that out. So that's another thing you can bring up in the pub. Um, just say the first goal. You know and what? Then, we're not even drinking because we we're driving straight after. Oh, of course, yeah, because we've got to go so to a. Uh, we're, we're expressing solidarity with the driver. Yeah, uh, the second goal, on the other hand, was very bad defending on our part, leading to a two-nil disadvantage at half time. So yeah, right. it was a Charleston thing. So good, glad we got that cleared up. And the second half, we controlled the game and scored with a couple of minutes left to make it two-one. So all to play for in the second leg. Sorry for the email. Hope you enjoy the game, Ollie, and come on the Rovers. Lots of love from Duncan. Jamie J. So from what I know about how these things work, because Charlton scored two goals away, that actually counts as four goals. Yeah, or three. I think counts as the... four goals. So the actual score is four one right now. I thought it was only three. I thought it was just a the away goal. Uh, but if you score a goal at home, it's actually worth minus three goals. <laughs> so you don't want to score at home. You only want to, you want to keep clean sheets at home and you want to score away. And when do you get a home run? You get a home run in extra time multiball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I love a multiball. And then you, they just fire about 50 footballs onto the pitch. And whoever hoofs one, like you've got to clear the pitch mm-hmm. of the 50 balls. Yeah, yeah. So all 22 people. And whoever hoofs it the furthest wins. But if you hoof it out the stadium, uh, you win the league. Oh, Okay. Uh, and lastly, we read out part of this email from Brock uh, in his 80% facts, but it was a little PS for you. It says, Ollie, as a night shift worker, I'm a fellow user of melatonin supplements ah. due to my sleep schedule, not allowing me to generate melatonin properly. That supplement, I wouldn't be able to function properly on a daily basis. Nice. Uh, that, that reminds me of the Tony Stark to uh, Peter Parker line. 
you know, but I'm nothing without this suit. <laughs> then you shouldn't be wearing it. Suit. Uh, a homecoming reference if you need that one. I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be using the melatonin a lot if we're doing live streams on the reg now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got a lot coming up as well. <coughs> um, let's have this quick email in from Dylan before we get into the main show because it's a get better story. It says, Yay. Hello, Luke, Ollie, El Fagador, and a big, massive, humongous hello to my cousin Alex, who also listens to this podcast. Hi, Alex. Don't think I left anyone out there. My story started back in 2017. My grandfather passed away after a four year battle with Parkinson's disease. I took the death extremely bad because not only was my grandfather my father figure in life we were best friends and shared a passion for football and professional wrestling that brought us even closer I started drinking excessively and developed other addiction problems along the way in time after his passing things really came to a head seven months ago I was let go from a very very good job seven days after they told me I was getting a new contract I had a very messy falling out with a girl I went to school with which was 100% which I was 100% in the wrong for and ended up losing a lot of my friends because of my behavior I was treating the people closest to me horrendously and I felt like I'd reached the end of the road in my life. I spent a small couple uh, I spent a small amount of time in a mental hospital and I can safely say without having wrestle ramble to listen to while I was in my ward the days would have been near as uh, easy to get through. Here I am 7 months later I've regained the friendships that I have lost. I have the best paying job I've ever had and I've been stone cold sober ever since. I'm never been able to, uh, I'll never be able to thank you all at Wrestle Talk enough for the entertainment you've given me throughout some of the toughest days of my life. I became a $25 backer this month just as a way to show you a small amount of my appreciation. Peace out, lads. Much love, Dylan from Cork. Oh, well done, love Dylan. And a congratulations to you, my friends. And that, I, from what I got from that, that was all us. <laughs> you didn't have any any stake in in your comeback there. That was all us. Was so all yeah, you. you're welcome. It was, it was all you, Dylan. Hey, well done, Dylan. Absolutely. Well done. Well that done is indeed. a hot tag, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds like a hot tag of a comeback. Worked over for a long time. It's like a proper Roman Reigns oh, work yeah. over yeah. as well. Yeah. Ninety percent. Well done, big old him. Superman punch comeback. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about AEW's TV deal now. Here's the show. Where, as expected, it was announced on Wednesday of this week that AEW would be going to TNT. Out of the t-shirt business and they're becoming a wrestling company, it would, it would seem. They grow up so fast. <laughs> and of course, this is, a, this is huge. This is huge, not just for, for, for wrestling, like for the company itself, AEW, who are a, an unproven... They haven't even run their first official show yet. They are a fledgling company. Yeah, I, I know we've had All In, but All In well, is kind of a prologue, really. It's not actually All Elite Wrestling. It's like an ROH New Japan yeah. show. Where, I mean, well, they did it in connection with Cody and the Bucks. They they arranged it, but then worked with Ring of Honor and New Japan to kind of like put it all together. It was a being the elite show, yeah, really, uh, yeah, with help from, like you said, ROH and New Japan. But from that, that's when Khan got involved. And they were like, oh, actually, maybe we can do something with this. We'll do some more shows like this. And All Elite Wrestling was born. So we are heading towards their first official show next Saturday, Double or Nothing. I can't wait. We'll be live streaming it, of course. So come here and, and check it out and watch it along with us. Yeah. Because watching people watch something is a thing. Also, we weren't booked for StarCast, so we uh, we can go to the event. Yeah. Uh, but the... There's been, of course, there was the press release that AEW and TNT put out themselves. And we covered that a lot on Wednesday when we went through the statement in that breaking news episode. We'll go over a few bits again here. But also we've had the Wrestling Observer newsletter with all, and I think someone else, something McCullen from a news website as well, a sports journalist, like a, not a wrestling news website, but a sports news website. Mm. Yeah, big because they time. Are, they are going for a more sport-orientated product. Exactly. And that's like the more nitty-gritty specifics of the deal, which I thought, you know, okay, let's see how the actual deal looks behind the scenes. Still, steam, still seems to be very positive. Yeah, I think one of the more incredible things about it is that TNT are kind of paying the production costs, mm, mm. Um, which... WWE don't get that deal. They they pay their own production costs. Well, and it well, costs and it, and it costs around a million <coughs> an episode, I, th I believe. It's a double-edged sword, that is. So we'll come on to that. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily entirely positive. No, but just, uh, I think it's incredible because it's almost unheard yes, of. Yeah, uh, but the yeah. So the the actual press release that AEW and TNT put out, so the sort of officially out there stuff, is that 
AEW will go onto TNT and air weekly matches later this year. Yeah, not, not shows, matches. Yeah, and that ties into what we said on Wednesday, where this isn't a show either. They're not saying this is a new TV show that you can catch up with, with new episodes of... The Office. Yep. Anything more new? 30 Rock. Yeah, anything more current. Look, I Love Lucy. Yep. Everyone Loves Raymond. Yeah, good shows. Fraser. Oh, perfect. Brilliant show. So, like, new, it's not like new episodes of that. It is a new wrestling league. They're advertising this as a league. So, not like a TV show that's all fabricated that you watch. It's. Like the National Football League. I was yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. It's almost like they've acquired the rights. I know they've already got this, but it's like they've acquired the rights to the NBA, and they're going to be showing NBA matches on TNT. Mm. What they've acquired is all elite wrestling matches that they're going to be airing weekly. Yeah, which which makes sense from those sorts of things. But I, I've always thought wrestling in the real not real real such a, a loaded word in these here parts in the non predetermined areas uh they like the ufc you watch the ufc you don't watch the match well maybe you do watch the matches yeah, I, I thought you do you watch, watch the, the fights in the UFC. you watch the fights yeah and boxing but yeah it's but it, is that going to translate in the sporting world to a sport that is predetermined mm. are people going to be as invested in that <coughs> as they are something like at the NBA or UFC or Bellator or things like that, which are real sports. And, and again, real is a bit of a loaded word, but non-predetermined sports. Uh, is it still going to capture that? Or are people going to watch, so, well, what's the point of this? Like, it's it's all all fake, isn't it? Yeah, I d- it, it'll be interesting. Because I- the, the appeal is the storylines, right? It's the, it's the soap opera aspect of it. Yes, that, but you don't have to have one without the other. Like, I, I think... And I've always, it's just never been done on a big stage, but I think all of us have always been like, we want all the matches to mean something, whether there's an emotional blood feud, whether there's a title at stake, all those other matches that aren't involved with that, they should be about positioning people within the company. People always say wins and losses should matter. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone gets points for, you get three points for a win, one point for a draw like in the best, <coughs> excuse me, best of the super juniors or something. But it it, it doesn't, at least it gives you a, a grounding. And you can say the wins and losses might not mean something material like points, but it does mean you as a wrestler, you have won these matches. That means you will eventually get a title shot because you've won the most matches. And surely, I suppose the idea would be that we will become attached to certain wrestlers and then we will want to see <coughs> those wrestlers. Okay, so Pac's got a match next week. I definitely want to be watching next week yes. because I want to see if he can get enough points or go further in the league or, or what have you. So it's rather, you, you do get invested in the wrestlers and on their journeys through their win-loss record to potential title matches, which I think is actually a really interesting idea. And what we essentially do with wrestling anyway, but with WWE, it's got this sort of, not so much the pomp and circumstance, but the storyline, drama, soap opera aspect of it, where you follow certain wrestlers and hope they get put into storylines that you enjoy. Yeah. The, one of the big problems with WWE is they think WWE is the reason people watch. Yeah. And there, there is an element of that. But really, most people watch wrestling because they latch on to a character. Stone Cold Steve Austin in the late 90s, The Rock, a very rare example where two people just as big as each other happened at the same time. These days, it's WWE are almost scared to create stars because they're like, oh, they're just going to go to Hollywood. Or we don't want them to be bigger than us. Yeah. But weirdly, they're fine to do that with Brock Lesnar, who is quite open about leaving them all the time. <laughs> it's a weird masochistic relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so hopefully here, because no one says, oh, I can't wait to see that WBO title fight. Very few people think that. I don't even know the names of most of those boxing belts. Mm. But I know, I can now not name you a single wrestler. A wrestler or boxer? Boxer. Lennox Lewis. Yeah, what? yeah from two decades ago. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Conor McGregor. Who, Superman. Superman. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, people will follow characters more than they will companies, I've always thought. So that is, 
this is a very positive thing. And the quote that keeps coming back to in this statement is, uh, AEW will be focused on an offer fans less scripted soapy drama and more athleticism and real sports analytics. Love it. Bringing a legitimacy to wrestling that it has not previously had. It's a totally, as you said earlier, unproven but I find it very, very interesting. And it's it's <coughs> and it is kind of like sort of corporate buzzwords and things like that. And it's a very well written press release. But it is a press re- press releases are meant to get you excited about things, the whole point of a press release. And this press release does get me excited for the product. I argue this press release has made me more excited for Double or Nothing than the card had, and the card already had me very excited. Because I look at something like the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, and I'm like, well, I'm going to order this pay-per-view regardless anyway, because I want to see that match. But now with this sort of like sports analytic bringing legitimacy to it, all of a sudden I'm like, well, now I'm just so interested to see what the product is going to look like and how it's going to be presented. I'm I'm fascinated by all of this, and I'm so looking forward to next Saturday to see what it all comes to. Yeah, because we've seen what Cody and the Bucks's and Omega's vision of wrestling is, and that was all in. And that was a great fan event, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't the New Japan levels of six-star matches that, weirdly, I thought it was going to be. That's my fault. Because being the elite never really suggested that. Mm. They definitely suggested Dick Druids, <laughs> and I got Dick Druids. Yeah. But the uh, that now we've got Tony Khan, who is the the money guy behind all of this. Tony Khan is a numbers guy. Mm. Like that's that's a lot. One of his businesses, I believe, is really analytic stuff of of where people are on the court in an NBA NBA game, and you, you almost moneyball sports to get people. You buy people based on their stats rather than their name value. Yeah, which is I've I've. I'm, I love stats. I'm very much behind this. Yeah. So, yeah, Double or Nothing, I think, will <coughs> will be very much different to All In. Because, like you said, that's where we'll start to see the concept. I doubt, you know, we, we always say here, if we try a new concept, we won't actually know what it is until three months into doing it. Mm. And it's a smart time to start that now. Because by the time the weekly TV launches, it'll be a lot more cemented. Although I would wager... Um, perhaps I'm, this is pure speculation on my part, but <coughs> All Elite Wrestling is something that Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, Khan family have been working on since October last year. Like This has been very much sort of, you know, embryonic stages was October last year. It's a show that's probably not going to debut until October this year. So it's a whole year. I would probably wager that they have spent that time not only just negotiating TV deals and international deals and pay-per-views and this and the other getting building sorted, but also mapping out like six months to a year's worth of here is what we're going to do. Here is from 2019 through to October 2020, this is what we are going to do. And this is our this is our roadmap of what we're going to do. And I would, I've seen a few people argue that a point system or a league system is nothing new in wrestling. WWE tries to do it. They had the SmackDown top 10. Come on, what was that based on? Uh, and Impact tried to do yes. it when Eric Bischoff like, did that. It was like a user voted thing. But the counter argument to that is that both of those failed because neither neither company was particularly invested in really doing it. The SmackDown Top Ten was done as a we'll try and we'll try and spin storylines out of this, but never really had a plan for what that actually meant. Mm. They did it one week, then they did it a second week, and then just dropped it completely because they <laughs> didn't really have a plan of what it was, what it all meant, and what it was leading to. And the impact thing, the problem was they put it into the viewers' hands. And wrestling viewers are just trolls when you put something online. So Bodie McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface is a perfect example. We want to call this the Princess Anne. You want to call it Bodie McBoatface. And what you end up with is the people going like, I just want to see Nigel McGuinness each and every week. But Eric Bischoff doesn't want to push Nigel McGuinness. So what you end up with is Nigel McGuinness. They're like, vote for Abyss. Please vote for Abyss. Hulk Hogan has been saying in interviews, he's our John Cena. Vote for Abyss. We just kept voting for Nigel McGuinness, and so they dropped it because fans can't be trusted. This is something that AEW can control themselves, not put it into the hands of fans who can just troll it online. And then they, it's a it's a product that they can push themselves, and it's an idea they are dedicated to as opposed to the SmackDown Top 10. 
uh, just to correct you, it was Desmond Wolf. Oh, well, sorry, it was not Desmond Nigel McGuinness yeah. in those days. Uh, I the TNA did or Impact. I can't remember which iteration they were when this happened. They did have a league separate to that. Like the, this was later on from that Bischoff one, uh, where it would you'd get three points for a win. Was it the Grand Championship? Yeah, it was something. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I can't really remember it. But they did. <coughs> they did stick to it pretty much. But that was only one part of the company. You see. So it was like, oh, this is just a sort of elongated tournament that we've got going. A bit like a, the a Bound league. for Glory series. Yeah, a, a league. I think it was the Bound for Glory series. Do you remember the first time they did the Bound for Glory series, but they hadn't actually mapped out all the matches. Mm. And so I think like the winner had 14 matches, whereas Scott Steiner, who came towards the bottom, only had three matches. <laughs> this was a very poorly thought yeah. out tournament. So it's never been... What we're trying to say is it's never been properly <laughs> done... <laughs> As not just like here's a little here's a little tournament that we do every year, yeah. and it's in its own little bit to crown a number one contender or whatever, or crown the best of the super juniors, or, yeah. or crown or the other. Shame at man, the best in the world. Exactly. This is the the whole fundamental. I imagine it as the fundamental concept underpinning the whole product. So that's what the press release kind of said. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So right now, you might have noticed they didn't say when it's going to start or what day it's going to be on. No. We've always said that Tuesday nights makes the most sense because they trademarked Tuesday Night Dynamite last year. And that's also in October. I think the last, <coughs> the 24th of September is SmackDown's last episode on the USA Network, mm-hmm. at which point it moves to Friday nights on Fox. So the, the everyone's like, okay, so Tuesday Night Dynamite should start on TNT on the 1st of October, and whenever that Tuesday date is. And you'd think, logically, there's 2 million wrestling fans already predispositioned to know that wrestling is on on a Tuesday night, so they're just going to be looking for wrestling mm. on the TV channels. I, I mean, I get that argument, and I used to have that thought process myself, but I don't, if, if something's not on like I'm usually... That, I, I don't just sit there going, where's another channel? Do you know what? I have, where's another channel? I am totally on your side here. I've never I don't understood. think it holds water, I don't actually. think it holds that much water. If I turn on a TV channel and the show that I'm expected to be on is not on, I'm going to go, okay, it's not on then. Yeah. I mean, I'll put oh, on Netflix. What else is on? Uh, and then, like, to, to think... I'm not thinking of such a channel. like, is there any other wrestling on? To, that, is that how the world thinks of <laughs> wrestling viewers? I mean, I, I thought that... It was only this week when I really started thinking about it that I've gone... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll just keep flicking until I find something. That, not even WWE, <laughs> but something that looks like WWE. <laughs> Completely different branding, completely different stars. Okay, here it is. I'll yeah. just sit here and watch that. Like, I don't. So, I don't necessarily think that holds water. The reason I like it is because Tuesday Night Dynamite yeah. just rolls off the tongue in a way that Wednesday Night Dynamite. That's it, I suppose oh, it's it not does. A, I don't know. Tuesday night just seems to... Tuesday, Thursday night dynamite. Tuesday night just sounds... A lo- it sounds very <coughs> nice. Also, it's like TND. It sounds good. TND on TNT. It's got a nice little catchy ring to it. Give it a few years. Mm. Monday night oh, dynamite. Oh, oh, that worked well last time. Didn't it just? So that's... Uh, yeah, so they don't... It's on, brother. Apparently, they don't actually know. <coughs> that's why it wasn't announced. Warner Media don't know if it's going to go on Tuesday or Wednesdays yet. No, uh, they're going to do market research to find out what the, which is a great idea. Like, just don't go. Yeah, let's chuck it on this one because of this idea that we we had as well. That there's just two million people sitting there yeah. going, "Where am I resting?" Well, you, I, you read that all the time. But I think you just like maybe that is real. Yeah, it's the same thing as like, I oh man, they've changed the time slot. That's why the viewership is down. And I was like, well, re- like so when Impact moved from Wednesday to Thursday, there are all those people tuning in who've been watching it every single Wednesday, and every single Wednesday they've been saying we're moving to Thursday at this time, and people just on a Wednesday be like, huh. But it was here last Wednesday. Yeah. What is happening? What has happened? Yeah, especially now everyone has a phone the, as well. The internet what? is a thing. Where is Where WWE? Is yeah. Oh, it's not on Tuesdays anymore. It's... Then I'm going to the cinema or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, but what? There must be something else on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so the problem with Tuesday nights is that TNT as the NBA. <clears throat> not all the time, uh, but when it's on. So there's an idea that and this is what used to happen with WCW. If the NBA was on, you'd just cut down 
the length of Nitro. Or preempt it. Yeah, or, or, or start else. earlier. Yeah. yeah, WWE used to have this one uh, with Raw back in the day with Crufts. Yes. And, and things like that it used to be preempted by Crufts. The dog show. The dog show, yeah. And the tennis, I believe, once pushed it back yep. weirdly. Uh, Same so, way like in the back in the day that the snooker used to push Buffy the Vampire Slayer off BBC Two or push it later. To be fair, though, with the argument of just people sitting there, <laughs> no, that's, that's a... why I like snooker, because I just... Why isn't Buffy on? <laughs> oh, I'll just sit just here and watch, watch this snooker, now. I guess. And it took like you... a month of me moaning to go, oh, I quite like this. But you didn't like search through no. channels. Where is well, another vampire show? In all fairness, though, that was back in the day where there was five to choose from. It would have been uh, very quick you to just get back to BBC Two. Here's my money, Mr. Murdoch. I had plenty oh. more channels than you did. No, man. I, uh, I was a four-channel <coughs> household up until about 2001 when we got Channel 5. Uh, that was worth it. <laughs> and then, uh, so th they've also got another bit in The Observer. AW is currently negotiating television deals in the UK, obviously with ITV4. Yes. So that makes sense, yep. uh, given that that's where the Double or Nothing pay-per-view is going through their box office service uh, and in Canada apparently Australia and Mexico are being targeted as well but the US UK and Canada are their key markets which yeah. all goes back to the stats those are the top three markets in the world for English language wrestling yeah really so makes of sense of course you should target those like, um, so Tony <coughs> Khan also did an interview um, where he was talking about how they were looking they were considering doing UK friendly pay-per-views so there would be pay-per-views because of this is an area they're looking to target. So they would do a pay-per-view that would start 8 p.m. UK time, which would Perfect. be 3 p.m. in the uh, East Coast and noon on the West Coast. But like, I, I like how Meltzer phrased this in the Wrestling Observer. It's like, in, uh, Tony Khan did an interview, interestingly, from the ITV offices, <laughs> where he said, <laughs> I was very sly by Meltz. Uh, so the going to this, so th the specifics of the deal, how much money... Uh, AEW actually making because it looks like according to the Observer and a bunch of other places so this seems to be the case AEW aren't getting a rights fee so they're not like being paid oh we will pay you this much money owners of Seinfeld yeah. or like WWE is with Smackdown yes we are going to pay you this these billions of dollars over the next five years <coughs> so we can have Smackdown on our station now in that WWE gets the billion dollars from Fox and that they then have to use that money to put on the show. Yeah, so the production costs are in that. Now, here it seems Warner Media are saying we will cover your production costs, which is estimated to be about half a million dollars an episode. So over the course of a year, that's 20 to 30 million dollars. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, that's how I'm looking at it. 20 to 30 million dollars is there. That's pretty incredible for a first-time company that hasn't even run a show yet. No. And I, I and all they've done is sold T-shirts. They're just a T-shirt company. company. And, like, we love the Young Bucks, Omega, Cody. We know who they are. The, the, the mainstream audience, even, like, the wrestling audience, yeah. which vast majority of WWE fans aren't very aware of these guys. So this is amazing that they've been able to get that deal anyway. And that's not all. They're also getting a described as great advertising split. Yeah. So whatever adverts play in those hours, they get some portion of that revenue. Yes. <coughs> Which, again, is amazing. Um, no one quite, quite knows what that split is. Apparently it's quite complicated. But Meltzer points out that probably leads to them wanting to put on an advertiser-friendly show. Yeah, yeah, one would assume so, because that was one of the issues that WWE ran themselves into during the Attitude Era, was they were trying to push the envelope so much that advertisers started to push back, and so they had to tone down the product. Yeah. And really, they were only trying to push the envelope more and more and more, because that's the way society was going at the time, with Seinfeld and... Uh, sorry, Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Springer and, and South Park and things like that. <coughs> but Eric Bischoff was the one, he kept saying in interviews, that bubble will burst, mm. and people will go back to doing what we're doing, which is a more family-friendly, more um, advertiser-friendly product. And eventually, WWE did have to go back down that route, which is why we now have a PG product, mm. because they got really good money deals with likes of Snickers and Mountain Dew, that gross green toxic waste that they serve on a weekly basis. So 
I could, yeah, I, I, kind of unsurprising that AEW will go down this route as well. It's very surprising they signed uh, Jimmy Havoc, but, you know. They, yeah. <laughs> but I'm unsurprised they're going down the sort of advertiser-friendly route. Well, we don't know that. We don't, well, uh, we don't but know that's, that, yes. That would, that would make sense if they want to, they've got this advertising split in place. Uh, the other thing is, the belief within the company is this deal will allow them to be profitable, so making money, not just covering costs, but making money by 2020. Which is next year. That's next year. Yeah. And bearing in mind that Impact, or TNA, has only had one profitable year in its entire existence. Mm. And that was, I think it was with the Joe Angle cage match. Yeah. Um, so to be profitable within your first year, <coughs> at, with all of these big money deals that you're doing as well, Jericho saying it's the biggest money offer he's ever had. That's outstanding. That's incredible. That, mm. is, that is astounding. If any other wrestling promotion did this, if TN, if Impact said this, if Ring of Honor said this, I would sit back and go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, mate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I was maybe more impressed with bid, yeah, bid. But uh, this is a this is run by the Khans. Tony Khan is a stats man. Yeah, they have a business empire. I, I like, I've, I feel confident in their business strategy. Yeah. Because they're they're numbers people. They're not people who are just like, I'm in the wrestling business now, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Give me money. Or rather, it was more a case of we need to distract her, uh, Dixie Carter from getting mm. involved in Panda Energy. Give her the wrestling yeah. thing, and she could just go away and do that <coughs> instead. And what what really astounds me, I always thought that yeah. remember the Calm family, uh, are multiple times richer than the McMahon family, but bit you know by five billion dollars, much more rich, much more. Much more rich. Much more rich. Much richer. And I, I always thought, yeah, but, you know, that first couple of years is probably going to be loss-making because they've got, you know, to cover the production costs yeah, yeah. and production costs are paid for. So that means they've got even more money in my head to spend on other things like CM Punk and, <laughs> and just put on, yeah, and, and you look at the XFL, Vince McMahon's deal there. He's already put aside hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. to just lose. And that's not going to be a profitable company in their own business plan for like two to three years, reportedly. Yeah, because he's paying <coughs> for it to go on to ABC. Uh, I believe that's what I, I read. The, it's a case of, uh, yeah, it, they have not bought the rights to it. He is paying for those time I, slots. But I think they're covering production They are costs. covering, yes, but it's always like a, almost like a split. So it's like, mm. I'm going to pay for this if you cover this. Yeah. It's it's a it's a similar it's kind of similar deal to AEW, but the difference is WWE took forever to get those rights fees to to get paid to put their television on to to put their their product on television, mm. and even back in the day in the territories, Vince McMahon went round local television stations and saying, "Here's money, I'll pay you to put WWF on in place of whatever your local." territory promotion is and that's how he helped kill the territory system so yeah well i think we said this the other week for people to say yeah but you know it's not a very good deal when wwe started out they were in a much worse state than this yeah so it's a i mean to be honest when those reports came out i think it was the rap that said that aew uh <coughs> reportedly could be paying to get onto tnt my first thought was smart move yeah what a, what a, <laughs> what a brilliant business strategy that is because yeah, you're then getting into a prime time position. And if you've got the money infrastructure to back that up, that's a very good idea. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, uh, we talked about it with production costs. Now, of course, production costs being covered, that's great, isn't it? Mm. Uh, WWE don't have their production costs covered. Costs about a million dollars to put on an episode of Raw and SmackDown. It's about 400000 now they don't do pyro. <laughs> but th that sounds like, you know, one, one deal's worse off that... WWE have to pay for their own production. Apparently, from what Meltzer was saying, that's actually the preferred thing to do. Because if you're paying for production, you have control over production. Mm. You can put on the product. You've got more creative control to yeah. make the product you want. Mm -hmm. Because I think the last thing anyone wants is for the TV networks to dictate what your product looks like to that extent. Yeah, very true. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting that Warner Media will have control of the production costs. Yeah. <coughs> so I guess that the fear is AEW isn't rating that well. If it, if it doesn't in the first six months, okay, let's, let's start to claw back some money. We won't pay that much yeah. for the production. But then on the flip side, the Khans have got money. 
Yes. They can just make up that shortfall. So I don't actually see that as a bad thing either. And on the subject of ratings, there's almost like this idea that a few people have got <coughs> like that. Um, I, I saw this on the Wrestling Observer boards, which was just like, I mean, if this show is not doing 1.5 million viewers or something like that, then it's a complete failure. Or it's doing a million viewers, is complete failure. Meltzer's argument is that apparently what TNT are looking for and what AEW expect is an average of 500,000 uh, viewers for like its first few months. And like that's that's what they're looking for as their jumping off point. Half a million viewers as our jumping off point, and we'll do, and we'll grow from there. So it's anything less than that, I think, will be seen as a bit of a disappointment. But yeah, if it comes out and again three quarters of a million, then that's that's going to be like celebratory time at the yeah. AEW um, head office. Yeah, it's that, and that that fills me with so much confidence because you hear stuff like this this company will be profitable by twenty twenty. I that, although I trust them, that is like that's a bold statement. But then to hear that they've got the that, that's a conservative number, I yeah. would say five hundred thousand people for the first few months. Like that's that's a good expectation to have. Yeah. And if that's where their starting numbers are, you've got to think that they're being sensible about their projections. That's around forty percent of what uh, TNT would a- average. Because I think they <coughs> oh yeah you got it written here. They average one point seven one point one seven million viewers in prime time in twenty eighteen. Mm. So they're expecting around forty percent of that. Yeah. You know, which is again, it's good. Sort of like let's lowball it, and if you if you have your expectations low, you'll always succeed them. Exactly in theory. Uh, and That's in terms of the in terms of the WWE war, I suppose uh, TNT averages what you just said, one point one seven million viewers. USA only beats Raw in the overall averages. Only beats. Uh, USA only beats TNT in the overall averages because they're roughly in the same amount of homes, around 90 million homes. Because of Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Those ratings bring up the averages. That is my favourite thing about Raw and SmackDown on the USA Network and sort of like Raw and SmackDown in general. Even now when we're talking about, God, their ratings are at the lowest they've been. (coughs) This is like absolutely disastrous ratings. It's still higher than most things that are on USA Network anyway. So they drastically bring up the Mm. channel's average. Be interesting to see that climate come October when SmackDown brings up that average, but SmackDown's going to Fox. Mm -hmm. So you lose half of your average bringing a rupper thing. So I don't know if you actually end up splitting, splitting your benefits... Well, rather than hedging your bets. And this is WWE's, the sort of like this, the boat they found themselves in already before they've even gone to Fox, where they're, they're already serving two masters, mm. uh, introducing the wild mm. card and sort of sharing this roster. And I was listening to a podcast yeah, uh, yesterday that was talking about Roman Reigns and being like, the problem now is that Roman Reigns is going to be on both shows. And the problem that people have with Roman Reigns two years ago is that he was overexposed. And so, really, having him on both shows, because that's what USA and Fox want, is only going to overexpose Roman and just bring back all the negativity that he had a couple (coughs) of years ago. And all that goodwill from the leukemia stuff will just go by the wayside. Yeah, I think it's already starting to happen. Yeah, unfortunately Uh, so. So Meltzer had an interesting speculation on what WWE's response could be. Mm. If... Like, Like, how do WWE react to this? What is their next play? And I guess they can't really make a play until they know what night AEW is going to be on. But WWE, I believe, most definitely will do something in response. Maybe not directly, but definitely indirectly. If they're, like you said last week, if they're that concerned about stardom matches, yeah. that like and, and Tony Storm versus, who was it? No, it was Rhea Ripley. Oh, no, it was uh, B Priestley versus Tony Storm. To get that match pulled because it's an AEW person versus... A WWE person. Tony Storm will have to lose. Yeah. Like, of course this is going to be a big thing in their bonnet. WWE offered (coughs) to double Rhino's salary so that he would stay with WWE. Mm. Rhino. Someone they don't even put on TV. For those people who are saying, ah, WWE aren't worried about AEW. Them offering Rhino double his salary for him to re-sign with... I, I think that speaks so much louder than pretty much anything yeah. anything that's been reported. Then and that, a canary. And that is not speculation. That's Rhino saying himself, oh yeah, I was offered double what I was earning, offered double my downside guarantee, but I didn't want to take it because I wanted to go elsewhere, I want to work in the Indies and help young guys. So that's Rhino's words. So WWE are almost in a panic mode of trying to like keep everyone they've got, their already bloated roster that's only going to be more bloated now. So Meltzer speculated that one response could be and this has been talked about before as well, 
bringing NXT to FS1 yes. on a Wednesday or Tuesday night yeah, as to compete with AEW. Yeah. Which is, you know, what would would that that those are the most similar markets there. Yeah. NXT competing for smart the same crowd. Audience. Yeah. So it, that's interesting. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon and leave a comment in the community tab where I will pick them up. Do not email me. I will lose them. I'm not very good at this. Pledge hammer. Uh, this comes in from the Aussie experience Dave Humphreys. He says, question for you both. Do you think that WWE is doing what they did to Neville on Sasha Banks since she was to pull out until uh, her contract and the 90 day non-compete clause that they, uh, that they have done uh, to prevent her signing with anyone, not just AEW? I believe that's the report, yes. They're just going to possibly just keep extending their contracts, what they've done to Luke Harper, it's what they've done to uh, Dash Wilder of the Revival yeah. as well. They've added an extra three months onto his contract. Yeah, I don't know how those work because I can I, I don't agree with, oh, you were injured, so we're just going to add that time you missed onto your contract. I don't agree with that, but I can, I can see the legal argument behind it. Yeah. But to just say, oh, we're not using you, so we're going to add the time we're not using you onto your contract and freeze it. That sounds like Shady. just like that does not. That sounds so horribly capitalistic. Oh yeah, and and the the wrong the wrong way to do things. Oh, one hundred percent. I like uh, to have it. I I I I can't even believe that that's, that's a, a real rule. Thing that I know. So yeah, but that that's kind of similar to what happened with Ray. Mysterio, but I always thought that was more linked to the injuries. Yeah. So, I don't know. We, we, we don't know is the honest answer, really, on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, Ira Kali? Hmm, that's a different one to say. Uh, who are the most underrated and overrated wrestlers? Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? I would say underrated, Cesaro. Like, in terms of, I think he could be a solid upper mid-card guy mm. who occasionally dips into the main event. Yeah, uh, 100%, yeah. And I, I just think he's amazing, and he gets over in every match he has. Yeah, no, Cesaro, I think, is a definitely good shout. If I'm looking at the independent scene, I'm thinking of someone like a Rampage Brown. I think mm, someone who mm. has not, not been uh, underrated because he's just been, like, I think he is always, everyone said, yeah, he's one of the best indie guys. Like, it's amazing, those progress interviews we had on the podcast feed. Um, Louis Dangor asked everyone, who do you think is the most, you know, underappreciated guy? And they were like, Rampage Brown. Yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's the best wrestler on the, on the British independent scene, but unfortunately has never been given that chance to go 
onto a big American mm. or North American yeah. stage. Yeah, of course we know him from WS, like he was mm-hmm. the champion there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. worldwide. Uh, overrated? Baron. I was going to say... Over, but I feel like he's overpushed. I don't think it, anyone's yeah. there that's going, the hey, it. he's an amazing wrestler. No. But overpushed, definitely. To be on three segments <laughs> at the WW, at the Raw live event. Yeah. Oh. I think, and I, I stand by this, I think he is a guy that gets good heat when he does promos, but no one cares about his matches. Mm. I think the crowd die a death during matches. Uh, Mr. One, do we want to do this? Because it is an endgame spoiler. Do we want to do like a big sort of spoiler warning can, for can endgame? Can you say it without doing the spoiler? Hmm. Let me uh, have a read through. People think one's Okay, well, okay. It features an iconic moment. Yes. Iconic. Iconic. Which got me thinking, has WWE done a similar moment? Um, uh, Wrestlers stealing each other's uh, signature moves frequently, but has there been one that has been uh, super built up like this iconic moment? If not, fantasy book uh, said moment. Mm. I was thinking about this. So so wrestlers that have used another wrestler's move, and that feels like a huge deal because it's been built up a lot. Uh, Surely Champer and Gargano have done this. Yeah. I mean, the entire Attitude Era was full of people using other people's finishes. It became a running... To be honest, it was a part of one of the SmackDown goes. I think it was SmackDown 2. Mm. Like, that was the new gimmick they introduced in that, as you could do your opponent's finishing move to them, because it was done at every <laughs> single pay-per-view. Doesn't... Did Triple H hit the tombstone on Undertaker and then do the pin yeah, in the did, first match? The, yeah. That's my one then. Yeah, yeah. Mine would be um, as much. It's nowhere near the same level as that. Sorry, first, second match. <laughs> I mean, um, yes, you're absolutely right. I just <laughs> remembered. Mine's nowhere near on the same level as yours, but for me, it was like big, sort of popping moments that made me just like literally jump out of my seat and be like, "I'll never forget this." It was the triple threat tag team match at uh, NXT Takeover Orlando, which was when DIY and the Revival started to do each other's finishing moves, but it was like Champa and Dash Wilder would do the Shadow Machine and Gargano and Scott Dawson did the the meet in the middle kick. For on a was it on AOP? On AOP, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that is that's more in line with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, because it's like a big like a, yeah. two warring teams coming together to fight oh, this big unstoppable monster. Good. Such a great match. Uh, Jesse James asks, um, sorry to hear that you hated my idea that won this fantasy uh, month's fantasy book in warfare. I do, however, believe that uh, my idea was poorly conveyed due to the small amount of characters uh, given for the poll. Uh, anyway, at the time rumours were, Vince may also leave to spend time in the XFL, and my idea was to fantasy book writing him off TV and somewhat blaming him for the bad ratings. Uh, the way I thought it would give possibilities for numerous storylines, but everyone took it as an invasion angle. Feel free, feel free to skip it for the next one. Hope Hopefully I didn't ruin anyone's fun in the future. It didn't ruin fun. It's just it's, it's a storyline that I, even with Vince being sort of voted out of the company or like being blamed for my race, it's, it's a storyline that doesn't inspire me to to write anything about. That's, it's not a slice on you. It's just it doesn't inspire me. It's a slice on me, really. I feel because we've been just saying, oh, God, I can't I can't be bothered to do another invasion angle for all this time. Uh and I, I kind of forgot that someone actually suggested that. Yeah. So sorry, Jesse. Sorry, that is our, that. That is, that's very bad on our part. But um, yeah, even even if your your idea was longer with blaming him for the bad ratings, I have got no interest ever in a wrestling promotion addressing their own product being bad. Here's the bad ratings. Now it's time for a revamp. Like I just, ugh. Yeah. And, and the fact that WWE have done that on a biannual basis, it feels like, just makes it even more tired. And I hate to harp on, I feel like I really do bury uh, the, the Impact products when it was uh, Hogan, Bischoff era. But it was terrible and it really did. It really upset me because I was a diehard TNA guy and I wanted to see them succeed mm. and they just ran it into the ground. Um, but I remember what, they had this show that it would air after on Spike that was sort of like, like a reality version of uh, TNA. And I remember Hogan cutting this promo where he's like, problem is, is all these kids think that, oh, I've won X amount of fake belts. So I've, I've wrestled. It's like, no one cares. It's not real, brother. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we sitting there saying none of this matters? Because you wa- if you watch that, if you're a new fan, you watch it at TNA and you're like, oh, mate, I'll get to see what they're going to say on this after show thing. And then you've got the guy who's running the promotion go like, none of this matters. <laughs> you're like, well, cool. But I guess I shouldn't watch anything else then. 
Uh, G.G. Baxter, who I'm going to personally apologise to because I got his name wrong in the news once. I've always read it as C.G. Baxter. I don't know why. Oh, wow. It's clearly G.G. I know. I don't know why I've always read it as C.G. Baxter on on Twitter. Anyway. uh, Hi, guys. generated Baxter. (laughs) Exactly. Hi, guys. New to the Patreon here, but a long-time viewer. Hopefully Luke can get my name right this time. I did. Anyway, I have a question. What do you guys think we should expect from Double or Nothing? Uh, Should be looking at the pay-per-view for clues on what the style of the product and weekly programming will be? Or do you expect something more like All In and just a celebration of what is good in wrestling with the storylines and style of the product nailed down much nearer to October? And if you will forgive me for a part two, do you think AEW goes head-to-head with WWE in producing a PG-era product only better or hold strong (coughs) to its indie roots and answer the question of if an indie promotion had a larger reach, would it be more popular than the current kid-friendly WWE programming? I should state as well. Well, I mean, okay, to answer the first point... um, I think we should be looking at double or nothing for clues. Yeah, I don't think I, agree. Is, I don't think this is going to be like all in. No, no, that that's that's my personal. We kind of covered that at the, in the start bit, yeah, with Tony Khan's yeah. influence being more sports and numbers based. But you can still do a a hardcore fan product in a PG environment. NXT is a PG product. I think a lot of people tend to forget this. They think like, oh, PG is killing WWE, but NXT is a PG product, and no one cares. No one says that's a bad product. Yeah. That, yeah. And that caters to hardcore wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So it, it can easily be done in a PG environment. Yeah, well, I think people confuse PG with bad. Kiddy. WWE is bad. It's not even like a good kid-friendly product because they still do loads of stuff that's grossly inappropriate. Yeah, and they uh, say bitch a lot. Yeah, so it's just that WWE's main roster is just a bad product. NX, there's really nothing to do with PG there. If it wasn't PG, it would be a bad product. Non PG product. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, and, and yeah, the, the example of NXT is perfect. Yeah. Uh, Diz Frazada Rodrigo says, I was debating whether to get last minute tickets to a WWE live event this week, and in the end it was too much hassle, but it did make me think. If WWE runs separate Raws and SmackDown live events in the States, does this not mean that if you go to a SmackDown house show on a Monday, you're missing top three, uh, three top guys? And this could really harm the live circuit, which <coughs> in the long run would cause massive issues. Keep up the fantastic work and love everything you do, except for Randy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what a lot of uh, initial reports when the wild card rule was announced said. Yeah, that it's really gonna have a negative effect long term on the live events business, and uh, there'd be even more false advertising than usual yeah. because WWE presumably don't know who the wild cards are gonna be before like a couple of days before when you advertise these shows months in advance the uh, reports from the O2 uh, this past week for the Raw and Smackdown tapings and actually this has been sort of like prevalent for the last couple of years have been saying that they are they look less and less full as each year passes and they've mm. completely taped off the top area now and house shows I don't think have been doing particularly well on the European tours either and I would wager I went to a house show um, three years ago. It's when it's before Finn Balor had been called up. If that to put a time frame into things, and they were heavily advertising John Cena on the posters, and all of the merchandise was John Cena based. John Cena was never at that show. He was never going to be at that show. And I saw so many kids and parents there with their John Cena T-shirts. And when the last match started, and it was Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose. And they realized that Cena's not going to be there. They got up and left. Mm. And I thought to myself, they're not going to be there next year. Yeah. And the following year, once again, John Cena's on the posters. John Cena's on all the merchandise. John Cena's not there. And I think doing that damages, damages. And it just damage your repu- uh, reputation. And now if you're going to start advertising, Roman Reigns is going to be at this SmackDown house show event. But he's actually at Raw because we need him on both shows. And there's all these kids who've gone there to see their hero, Roman Reigns. Surely that's then going to be like, well, I'm not going to pay 60 bucks again to go see a show where the guy who's advertised isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Evie Duran says, Hi, Luke, Laurie, Pete, housemate Simon and Ollie. Been watching you guys since the beginning of the WrestleRamble back when it was the WrestleTalk show. <laughs> I like how much it pains you. Why did we call it that? <laughs> because we sat down. That WrestleTalk show. We sat down and then before we pressed record, it was like, oh, we haven't got a name for this. Mm. We'll think, like us. we'll think about that later. Uh, anyway, uh, I recently just launched my own Patreon page. I wanted to, go, uh, wanted to know if you guys had any tips on how to make it, quote, successful launch post-launch. Thanks, <coughs> guys. Patreon. You're the Patreon man. Um, giving uh, extra content, I think, is a, is a good driver for Patreon. That's what we started doing. We started mm. doing one extra podcast, then launched a second one off the back of that. I think the more 
uh, extra stuff you give people, make it worth their while. I know for me, um, I backed Talking Simpsons at the uh, at a five dollar level when I because I, I just wanted to get the shows a week early because I, I was really enjoying the content that they put out. So I backed at the five dollar level because I can hear the shows a week early and ad free. I was like, brilliant, that's lovely. And then when they started doing, they then launched a new podcast uh, reviewing uh, animated movies for like three and a half hours, four hours. And I was like, and the first one, that they, the first one they did to turn me around to it was a goofy movie. And I was going on a three and a half hour drive. I was it's like, great movie. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna up my place to ten bucks and listen to this podcast on this drive because it's a three and a half hour drive. It's a three and a half hour podcast. Thumbs up. They do really good stuff. And I've stuck at that ten dollar level since because I've been enjoying all the other stuff they've been doing at that level. So yeah, as long as you back it up, mm. which I hope I like to think that we do. We try. We certainly try. Um, and also just sort of keep at it. Don't give up on it is the other key to it. Mm, yeah, even, consistency. Even, even if it's not successful after like, you know, the first couple of months, you just got to keep at it. Yeah. Reassess, tweak, see what people want. Yeah, that's Go exactly that it. Uh, Robert Ray asks, uh, what is your favorite wrestling conspiracy theory which you've either made up or heard? I have two. I thought Roxena 1 was not going to happen because it was the first match that I could remember that I could not see anyone losing. And remember that WrestleMania was April 1st, which I thought WWE would do an April Fool's joke with. Now, looking back, that was a silly thing to think. Second, I heard that Vince McMahon's character on TV is not the real Vince, and the real Vince has uh, never been seen. I know it's not true, but how crazy some Vince stories are, and I'd be shocked if it is true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think either of those are true. No. Uh, Well, the first one is demonstrably not true, because it happened. It did happen, yeah. Uh, My my favourite one recently is John Moxley. Yeah. Being a... Big Dean Ambrose WWE work. Yeah, that, I don't think it is. My favourite. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to name uh, who it's from. Um, but uh, they think that a, a certain star is going through some financial troubles, and that's why they're doing certain things. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we won't go into that because I think it's a fun, it's a fun little conspiracy theory, but we won't go into it. Uh, Reese Degnan says, uh, while he won't be at Double or Nothing due to be booked for London Comic Con, bonus question: Will any of the Wrestle Talk be at the convention? Could we see Stephen Amell in AEW? He brings mainstream star power, has a level of training, and notably is on good terms with Cody. Seems odd how little I've heard his name be mentioned in connection with the company. I think that's probably because of the. Uh, it's the. They want to make a sports-based product. And All In was more of a fun celebration of wrestling. Here's a celebrity match. But you can't really get away with celebrity matches, definitely at the start, if you want to have a serious product. So I would say that's probably why they've gone away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they are all really good friends. and Plus, I don't really think Stephen Amell is... A big draw in 2019. Seems how, like a great guy. Yeah, I don't know how well Arrow does <coughs> or like the, the, the Flowerverse does for, for ratings on the CW. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's as popular as it was five years ago. Yeah, it was definitely more popular five years ago. Yeah. Well, so one last question. Uh, this one comes in from Matthew, who says, Hey, guys, I like everyone uh, I like everyone else loves Brave 4.0, but worry that the act will have a limited shelf life. Fans of the horror genre will appreciate the aesthetic of the look, but is it perhaps too intense for younger WWE's audience, uh, for the younger audience? My nephew is six and not up that late, but I suspect my parents will not want their kids <coughs> seeing that before bed. Would love to hear your thoughts. All the best, lads. Yeah, it is. It is creepy. Um, yeah, but I don't know if it's so creepy that I wouldn't force a kid to watch it. Is it um, no less creepy? I suppose it is probably creepier than the Undertaker. Mm. Um, seeing how the Undertaker is now, it's definitely a more terrifying mask design. Yeah, like that is just unsettling. Yeah. Uh, whether it's got a shelf life I think is an interesting question though because uh, I think that really does depend on how it's presented when we get to an in-ring version of mm. this because these last four weeks these last you know six eight weeks have been tremendous and I've very much enjoyed all the build and I've loved the Firefly Funhouse segment loved it so much we've been seeing it twice you know on Raw and Smackdown new episode new episode quote unquote but <laughs> this all depends on how it comes out as a in-ring product. Because if it just ends up being Bray wrestling like Bray did previously, then that's going to die out very quickly. Because mm. it's like, oh, well, so it's just Bray Wyatt, but he's wearing different clothes now. It's it's the Malibu Stacy. She's got a new hat. It, I, I, we're going to need to see something. 
I want to see something really interesting from this, but I don't know what to expect from this. So I'm actually looking to WWE to kind of surprise me almost. I'm just like, I've got an open mind with this and just being like, show me what you've got. I feel like we'll see it on Monday, on Monday's episode of Raw after Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. I feel like they've done the cycle. They've done eight weeks of promotion now of this. I feel like now's the time they're going to put him in the ring. And it makes sense after this pay-per-view cycle. So we'll find out. got a Rusev Hay here from Rusev Frank, uh, which we've been meaning to read out all week. Um, Frank, you may remember, he emailed us in over the Christmas period because he wasn't very well. said that he's now on the road to recovery, and thank you for all of the well wishes. Um, he also said to uh, trim this down. He's got two Rusev Hayes this past winter. WWE did a Raw in Miami, and that was the week before Ronda Rousey's first ever match, and the night Brock said that he wanted his steak medium well for reference. Hmm. On the way out of the arena, my girls and I saw Alicia Fox walking down the street a couple of blocks up. She was wearing a large hat and coat well, of course she was it's, it's a gimmick isn't it yeah living the gimmick brother not the not the sort of captain's hat that she wore for survivor series well i mean he doesn't state <coughs> but i'm going to assume that yes it was do you remember where she just had leaves in her hair for a while mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. when she was back on tv just a couple of weeks ago and she lost yeah yeah whatever happened to cedric alexander as well on that note uh he got beaten by cesaro where's buddy murphy yeah, yep. just yeah. also <laughs> beaten by Cesaro. So glad they took him off 205 Live. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was so worthwhile. Uh, anyway, she was covering up to hide who she was, but I caught her and we talked for a minute as we walked to my car and wherever she was headed. And no one noticed. She was really nice and thanked us for not pointing her out and amongst the rest of the fans who were filing out. We're on the side road, not too uh, foot trafficked, but still. The second one, which I'll include a couple of photos for, is uh, took on that day. It was in Tampa, I believe two years ago at a charity event. We drove all the way up there to get the photos. Miami to Tampa, which is about a five-hour drive. We met Terry and Dory Funk. Terry was quite sick, but came anyway, and it was amazing. Roman, who was cool, but his personal WWE-provided security guy was rude and an ass. Dean (laughs) Malenko, who who acted shocked that I knew who he was, but he's uh, the Iceman. Maybe my younger fans, uh, maybe the younger fans are stupid. Kofi, who joked with me that the lines are gone and took my photo with my kid. And Tito Santana, who wasn't like Virgil, but instead on signing something for me, and I felt all, oh, insisted on signing something for me, and I felt awkward about it. All I wanted was a photo but ironically he uh, didn't want me to take one with him and I don't know why Jimmy Hart worked the door as a greeter and I lost uh, on several silent auctions for JJ Dillon's book and donated stuff so he's got some photos here of the uh, uh, the event uh, which I'm just trying to load up now ah here we go so we've got lots of photos of Frank here so that's Frank with Oh, holla holla player. Holla holla Teddy Long. We've also got one with Gangrel. Gangrel, nice. Keeping up the gimmick. There he is with Jason Muse from Clerks. He's not a wrestler. Uh, there is Blue with Pants. Blue Pants from NXT fame. That is uh, the Green Ranger mm, from Power Rangers. Jason Ranger. Frank is his name? Yep. And that's Paige there. And you're dressed wow. up in Star Trek gear. And there's you Where with Natalia. Where did you get the Star Trek? Is, is that a costume change at some point here? He's had several costume changes. Yeah, that's Jake the Snake. and that's These actually, are all from different periods. And that was actually, uh, that was email uh, one. Here are the second batch of the photos. Wow. And we've got... This is just every person you've ever met. Diamond Dallas Page. Nice. We've got Mick Foley. We've nice. got Kevin Nash. We have got... Oh, uh, I know that's Dan Harmon, the creator of Community and Rick and Morty. That's why I don't know that then. Mm. Um, You're not smart enough to get Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Roman Reigns. Um, and we've also got the APA there. Look how Jeez. happy Gary John Bradshaw Layfield is in that photo. And that is Brian O'Halloran and uh, Marion. Oh, Mar- oh, I've forgotten her name now. Which she plays the girlfriend in Clerks as well. So nice little Clerks in reunion there in a row. And there's you with the Nasty Boys. And I'm guessing that's a Star Trek one. Uh, no, that is someone. But I d- don't let Star Trek confuse you because Frank was also wearing a Star Trek outfit for the page photo. Mm. So I think this is just a day he wore Star Trek stuff. Maybe. Oh, I recognise her face. Sure oh no, it's, it, I'll tell you who it is. It's Joey Lauren Adams from Chasing Amy. Yes, that's her face. That's her face. Well, congratulations to you and all those famous people that you have met. Um, that's all we've got time for. That's great podcast content. Wasn't it just? Ollie and Luke looking at pictures. I absolutely, it's my, one of my favourite segments. I love it. Uh, thank you all for your correspondence. Maybe it should be a segment. 
What, Luke and Ollie look at photos? Where people send us in a picture and we'll just try and describe it as best we can. Don't encourage that. My <laughs> inbox is going to be flooded now with this. Um, do you remember when we first started doing emails to the podcast and people were just sending me Robert Rude emails? Or pictures of, uh, yeah. of um, Bobby Rude. Don't or... send rude emails. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Send people those. send very rude funny. emails. Very, very funny for a couple Witty. of weeks. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> the internet. Ask the internet. They will provide you with the opposite. Hey, it is Money in the Bank tomorrow night, folks. And if you're at a loose end while you're watching the show, why not watch it along with the Wrestle Talk boys of Luke and Laurie, where we're going to be live reacting to the show. We're going to be chatting with fans in the super chats and the chats on YouTube and stuff. Randy Datsun's going to be here as well, but I don't think he'll be on camera. He was kind of angling. Be in spirit. He was kind of angling to get on camera a little bit, but. Yeah, I don't think he's he's got to take notes and stuff. Mm. Um, and we're going to be live streaming it, so head on over to YouTube and join us there. We're going to be doing the Wrestle Ramble. After that, we're very much looking forward to it. And then we'll be back on uh, Monday, I suppose, with the Man in the Bank review. With and me. yeah, with you. Uh, no, you won't be with you. It'll be me and Laurie. Well, I'm doing the video. You're doing the video. I was talking about Wrestle Ramble. Oh, sure, sure, sure. There are people who don't watch the YouTube videos. They don't oh, watch the yeah. videos. Sorry, these are the Podswafters. Podswafters. Uh, and then we'll be back <coughs> on Tuesday with the Raw review as per usual. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed all the bonus podcasts we've released this week. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 